Welcome in to Ohio vs. the World, an exclusive Ohio sports podcast where I discuss the Buckeyes, Browns, Cavaliers, Indians, Blue Jackets, Crew, Bengals, Reds, and more. I'm your host, Jacob Wilson, and joined by a frequent guest and my good friend, Stephen Hilton. Steve, how you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? Doing good. It was a, it was a pretty fun weekend of sports. Um, obviously, Ohio State won. It wasn't the prettiest of games, but at least they won. And at least we got a good game out of it, but... A lot of fun games this weekend, um, but I'm really looking forward to next weekend. Yeah, for sure. Uh, That's the game. That's what all the marbles are for, even if – I mean, we still have a chance maybe for that playoff spot, but this is the game that decides it. I mean, this is is the one. Yeah, I think I've kind of came to this conclusion that, like, I mean, partially there's no way we beat Alabama anyways. I'm just – I just want to win this game. Like, I just hate – I hate Michigan so much. I love Ohio State, and I want to keep the streak alive, and I want to keep making fun of Michigan and – keeping the, this many days since Michigan beat us and all the playoff stuff is fine. And if we do beat them, then we'll talk about that after. But right now I just want to, I just want to beat Michigan so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's as an Ohio state fan, it's like our passion to hate Michigan. I mean, it's just like nat- natural from the time you're born and raised in central Ohio, you know, that that's the thing that we hate the most is those Michigan fans and they're, it's always going to be their year when we somehow always beat them. So I just want to keep that streak alive as well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's run through the, uh, what we're going to talk about today, probably a longer podcast, maybe around an hour. Um, talk a little bit about a new format for the podcast. Um, talk about the Ohio state win that I just talked a little bit about against Maryland this weekend. Uh, talk about the rest of college football. Then we'll talk about Ohio state basketball. They've won two games since my last podcast, uh, preview a few upcoming games they have. One at St. John's Arena, so that's cool. NFL review. Um, talk a little bit about the Bengals. They lost to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson played. And talk about the Cavs. They played two games since, and LeBron returns to the queue Wednesday night. Talk a little bit about that. And the Blue Jackets, they have 3-0 since my last podcast, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll get out of here. Sound good, Steve? Sounds like a plan to me. All right, sweet. Yeah, so um, – First, I just wanted to talk about some new formatting for the podcast, do some housekeeping for the podcast. I'm probably going to go to once week, once weekly. I've got a lot going on between writing articles for um, Buckeye Sports Talk, which I do, and another podcast where I do two times a week with my friend JT. And um, it's also just not a ton of content. It's a good amount of content for Ohio sports, but I think a, week, a weekly show would be solid. Um, but I'm still going to have, uh, you know, every once in a while, there'll be two shows a week if I feel the need like this this week there will be probably a second show because Ohio State plays Michigan and the Bengals play the Browns so I'll probably want to do a Thursday or Friday show previewing those two games since it's Ohio versus Ohio team and then obviously the biggest game the game Ohio State Michigan so special occasions like that I'll still have two podcasts a week and times when I have special guests on like I've done before with Brandon Beam uh, Matt Hayes Stephen Means etc stuff like that or just emergency pods if some big news drops then I'll always do that too but for sure, every Monday night or Sunday night or Tuesday night, somewhere in that area, there'll definitely be a podcast coming out once a week um, at the least. And then uh, Steve, he'll, he'll probably be coming on as a guest a good amount of the time. Maybe one day he'll get that co-host title. But, yeah, he'll, he should be coming on as a guest at least half the time for sure. Yeah, I have a pretty busy slate. I mean, between work and school and just things like that, but I definitely love coming on here and being able to talk sports. It's just one of my favorite things to do. So, Heck yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty easy. We we knock it out pretty quick, no editing or anything. We just hit play, and then we go until it's over, and we hit end. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just I mean, it's kind of what we always did. We've always did this since we were little, just talking about sports mm-hmm. on and on. So. Yeah, yeah, cool. So let's jump right into it. Ohio State goes into College Park. They play Maryland and – just like everyone predicted, you know, Ohio State wins by one. They won 52-51. to 51. Um, A crazy game. First, I'll just do a quick rundown of the game. Um, right, off the, right off the bat, exactly what we've been seeing all year. Big plays from Maryland. They make it 7-0 off of a huge run, um, 80 yards. And then they get a 75-yard run to make it 14-3. Um, Ohio State keeps it close the whole game. They actually never led until they took the lead in overtime, but – it was just a crazy game. Um, they find a way to pull it out. It was thirty. It was 45-38 towards the end of the game. Buckeyes only had a minute left. They got the ball. Good return from Mario McCall. He gets it to the 50-yard line. They score pretty quick. Um, the tie up at 45-45. Goes to overtime. Only takes the Buckeyes like three or four plays to score an OT. 
Um, and then Maryland gets the ball. It only takes them one play to score in overtime. They decide to go for two down 52-51. And they roll out their QB, Pigram. And he has a guy wide open in the end zone um, going for two to win the game. But he just misses him. Um, crazy game. I don't know if you want to do reactions to the two-point conversion or just the game in general or you got some takeaways to the game. Yeah, how about some stones to go for the win that right there? I mean, I mean, they've been they were playing hot all game, so I mean, why not take the chance to beat like a a top ten ranked team like Ohio State? It just it was a game that I thought personally should not have been where we ended up at, and that's kind of been the story the whole year with the Buckeyes. Um, we just kind of are in people stay in games that probably shouldn't be um, with us, and especially since we're just like one of those powerhouse schools that we have we're almost getting spoiled as Buckeye fans mm-hmm. um, and that's like I guess I'm a little biased to that too it just it happens all the time that man why aren't we crushing Maryland like you know what I'm saying but yeah it's just it's just a big thing to go for that two-point conversion and take go for the lead I mean I would have tried a better play call honestly right there because they've been running the ball the whole yeah. game I would have tried to get a sweep out in space maybe right there mm-hmm. something along those lines but he just missed. He just kind of flat out missed the throw. I mean, he was open. Our DBs kind of got stuck in coverage right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Pigram the whole game completed six passes. The passes he did complete were great throws, uh, like a lot of 50, 60 yard downfield throws. But he's kind of more of a long ball thrower, kind of similar to Cardell Jones in a way, the way he throws. And he's not much of a touch passer. So I yeah, I don't think it was a great play call there from Matt Canada. I mean, they were running the ball on us all day. They probably should have just ran up the middle. Um, that probably would have worked, honestly. But, yeah, not the greatest play call, although it, the way it was designed up, it did work. But the pass was just not a good one for Pigram. Like I said, he's not a good touch passer. And, I mean, that was crazy, man. When that guy rolled out, um, he was, you know, going with – he was going to the right, and then he kind of did like a stop and pivot, and he was wide open, and my heart dropped. And then they missed the throw. And, obviously, I'm upset that it's Ohio State and we're only winning by one. But at least for 30 seconds there, I had a good 30 seconds of just going crazy because I was so excited because that keeps the season alive, and that also keeps – that makes this game this weekend just that much more fun. Yeah, it, it's so great when the the the, the game um, – mm-hmm comes down to a Big Ten championship going there and a, yeah. maybe a playoff berth. Like, it's it makes it so much better, and that's what it has been the past couple of years. I mean, they Michigan hasn't been slumps uh, the past couple of years. I mean, we kind of steamrolled them about three years ago, but, I mean, the double overtime game two years ago was fantastic. I mean, that was the, one of the greatest games I've ever watched. Um, so it's just fun to see – like this rival rivalry where it needs to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of what this rivalry is all about. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be a game that decides um, who goes to the national championship or who goes to the playoff or who goes to the Big Ten championship. So, yeah, and it's definitely a game next week. No disrespect to Northwestern, but it feels like one of those games that whoever wins this is going to win the Big Ten. And um, at least if Michigan ends up winning, then they're probably going to go to the playoff. If Ohio State ends up winning, that's up for debate, and we'll probably talk about that later. But, yeah, it's good to see this rivalry uh, be where it needs to be, no doubt. I kind of want to go off script for a second here and ask you a question. So mm-hmm. I wonder why they formatted the Big Ten East and West kind of how they did. I would assume they would have always put kind of Michigan on the other side. I just thought that would have been like – because meeting the Big Ten championship, mm-hmm. that would, I thought that would have enhanced the rivalry a lot more. But yeah. I guess you can't really play them each – I don't know. I just maybe do like a non-conference within a conference game to make that kind of thing. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, I think the only reason they don't do it is just because they don't want them to play back-to-back weeks. Oh, if you know what I mean. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, which would be – I mean, yeah, it would be fun to see Ohio State and Michigan in the championship game, no doubt. But, yeah, I mean, at the same time, you don't want to see them play back-to-back weeks. And – Usually whoever gets in is probably going to end up winning the Big Ten anyway, so it's kind of like a Big Ten championship game anyways. No disrespect to the Big Ten West, but it's pretty rough. Well, I mean, (laughs) they've had their uh, powerhouses like Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was great, I mean, in the 90s. And then Iowa's always – I think Iowa's always there. I mean, they made the college football playoff. um, Did they not two years ago, or was that Michigan – Michigan State and Iowa were battling for it. I know that. Yeah, Iowa was like a a play away from getting to the playoff just, I think, three years ago. They played Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship, and I think they had like a fourth down on like the two-yard line. And if they would have 
scored that touchdown, they would have won the game and went to the playoff, and they didn't convert it, I believe. Yeah. It but, was a I crazy mean, game. Yeah, they're just – I mean, the West just right now, they're having bad years. But the, I, I'm sure at some point they'll get the recruiting they need to get back where they need. Yeah. Yeah, so another point here I have was felt like this is nothing to say Ohio State played better than they did. Uh, we'll definitely rip into Ohio State here, but it did feel like all the breaks were going Maryland's way. Um, 24-17 at the end of the half, J.K. Dobbins fumbles going into the end zone. I think if he scores that, that touchdown there, it might end up being a completely different second half because the ball game is tied and all the momentum is going Ohio State's way at 24-24, but instead they get a stop right before half and take the lead into half. Um, there was obviously at the end of the game, I think when it was 38-38 and Maryland was going in to score a touchdown, it was third down. They actually fumbled the ball on the one-yard line and fumbled it into the end zone. And that would have been a huge play if Ohio State would have picked it up, but they had a guy right there to pick it up and score a touchdown. So felt like all the breaks were kind of going Maryland's way yesterday, or uh, Saturday. Yeah, sometimes it's just how football goes. I mean, the ups and downs is why I love the game so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Tough Borland had an awesome stop on that second down. Play. Yeah. That was awesome. I mean, but it, just like I said, I mean, he made the tackle, fumbled, but just an unlucky bounce for the Buckeyes went that way. But, I mean, ultimately we won the game, so it's just kind of the highs and lows, like I said. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, We got into a two-point conversion already, so we can skip over that one. I guess – Talking about striking the Buckeyes, like I did said a minute ago, I mean that defense was awful. This is probably the worst defense I'd say we've ever seen since me and you have been alive, at least, and probably the worst ever in Ohio State history. Obviously, the offense is much better, which helps, but man, this defense is really bad right now. Yeah, I mean we are used to, like I said, we're spoiled Buckeye fans, but mm-hmm. we're used to this stout defensive line and high flying secondary that just make plays. And right now. We do not have that guy in the secondary, I don't think. I mean, Jordan Fuller was supposed to be that guy coming in this year, but we don't have that Malik Hooker out there making interceptions. Um, it's just – and we don't have, like, a little Lattimore is the – I mean, Kendall Sheffield's been great for us too as well, It's but it's just hard to look at this defense because it's not where it needs to be in a Buckeyes fan standard. Uh, I think Tough Borland has a lot of work to do coming up this offseason same with like Pete Warner because mm-hmm. I don't think those guys um should try to go for the draft I think they should develop one more year here um we got a, a lot of young talent there too Chase Young is only a, a true sophomore right now so we really want to get these guys going because I feel like if we can just make and develop them throughout the rest of this offseason I feel like we're going to have a much better defense next year yeah I think I think the talent is there. I've said a lot on a lot of podcasts and a lot of articles I've written that the talent just isn't there this year. Obviously, it's still a very talented team. I think the talent has dropped a little bit, but a lot of it does lay on the co- uh, the coaches. I mean, we've had the same problems all year. And it felt, since week one, Oregon State scored 31 points on us in week one. Yeah, we scored 77, but that was still something that people talked about in week one. It was a little bit of alarming, but we kind of just pushed it off to the side. It's Oregon State. It's week one, but – those same problems are plaguing us now in week 11 and one get one game until the biggest game of the season. So it's just kind of crazy that they haven't been able to fix it. I highly doubt that the talent isn't there because this is a ton of five stars. Maybe the talent's dropped a little bit, like I just said, but I've got to think that it's a little bit on these coaches, especially Bill Davis, the linebackers coach. Um, ever since he's been here for the last two or three years, he's been pretty awful. It feels like there's definitely some changes to come this year on the defense. Um, coaching wise I think Greg Schiano uh, I don't think he'll get fired but he might just take a position elsewhere Urban Meyer might just tell him to do that Alex Grinch coasting uh coaching the secondary this is his first year and he's looked pretty awful um the secondary has been pretty bad I don't know how much that has to do with him but this might be his first and last year here Bill Davis like I just said I think he's definitely gone and Larry Johnson the defensive line coach should definitely definitely still be here though he's a great coach but I think there's definitely some defensive changes coming here on the coaching staff. Yeah, I can see that too. It's just – I think it's going to be – those coaching decisions will all come down to this game Saturday, to be completely honest. Yeah. How, if we get smoked by Michigan, something's got to change. But if we can somehow grind it out and beat them, I think our offense – like our offensive and defensive staff will probably stay the same. And it's, it's just got to – we live, learn, and regret on things like that. So it's – all about this game yeah yeah definitely so talking some positives uh now 
Join Haskins breaks the passing record for yards, and he also breaks the passing record for passing touchdowns. So that was good to see. Honestly, I thought he was going to do it a lot sooner, maybe a game mm-hmm. or two than what he did. But, I mean, it is still great. I mean, that that uh, um, record stood for almost 25 years, 30 years, right? And it's just yeah. – um, and he did it with ease. It it was it was like we expected him to do it sooner. I mean, that's how like much optimism we had for this guy coming into the season. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. I think when we came into the season, even before he threw a pass, a lot of people were uh, projecting that he'd break both of these records, and he did it. Like you said, it might have taken a game or two long, and then people would have thought just because he's had a rough maybe four or five week stretch before this game. But right back into it this week, he threw for 20, uh, 28 completions on 38 attempts for 405 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He also rushed for three touchdowns, so he had six touchdowns overall. Joy, that was my second next point. Dwayne Haskins just had a really good, really good game. Yeah, overall, I mean, on the on the ground through the air, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's definitely a playmaker and. I mean, he doesn't look like he should be good at running, but, I mean, he's a big dude running there. He's going to be hard to tackle for sure. Yeah, he had a – that was by far his best game running this year. I really like what I saw from him on the ground. We saw just, I think, two weeks ago when he took that slide that was just really – I mean, I understand your NFL QB. I think you know the play I'm talking about where he slid for one yard when he could have easily gotten 10 yards and then probably slid. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um that was that play where people were kind of getting mad. Obviously, he's a great QB, great thrower, but people were just kind of mad at the lack of effort and just the lack of heart on that play. He really ran with heart this game. He was running people over. He was doing everything he could to get as many yards as he could. Um, I don't know what changed in him. Probably Urban Meyer probably kicking him in the ass a little bit and telling him, yeah, I understand you're going to the NFL and you don't want to get hurt, but right now you're at Ohio State and you got to play for this team around you. But something happened the last two weeks where he's decided he's going to give all his heart every time he runs. So that was good to see, no doubt. Yeah, and speaking of another guy who just kind of gave his all for running is J.K. Dobbins. I mean, for 37 carries over 200 yards, I mean, that guy, Mm -hmm. he did have the fumble, which was kind of tragic on our end. But, I mean, he ran with some heart. I haven't seen him kind of have one of those breakout games since his freshman year last year. And it was – he just looked like he was firing on all cylinders. Um, And I was kind of surprised Mike Weber not getting a lot of carries yesterday. Um, I didn't know if he was hurt or anything, but I definitely saw that Demario McCall was out there a lot more than he was. Yeah, yeah. Mike Weber didn't have a single touch of the ball and didn't play a single snap, and that was because I think he had a hip injury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Demario McCall came in. I don't have this as any bullet point or anything, but he looked really good. Um, I like what I saw from him. He's really fast, really elusive. He had that punt return, like I said. I think I think I said earlier in the podcast, or he returned it to the fifty-yard line on our drive that scored a touchdown to make it go to overtime. That was a big play. Who knows if we end up scoring that touchdown if we start that drive on our own twenty instead of midfield? So he had that big play, and the two times he ran the ball, he ran it pretty well. So it was good, good game for him too. Yep, for sure. And then uh, finally, for Ohio State, at least I want to talk a little bit about Michigan. We'll probably have another podcast. I don't know if you'll be on it, but I'll probably have a big podcast later this week, like I said earlier, about Michigan and the Browns versus the Bengals and a few other things. But pretty quick here, nothing crazy. Just what do you think Ohio State's chances are? Maybe even give a score prediction and, uh, yeah, stuff like that. So if we win this game, I do not think it's going to be a a large scoring game, I think. Mm-hmm. Something along – I want to – like, obviously, I don't want to give Michigan the benefit of doubt and say they're going to win because I'm a Buckeye fan on this one. So, um, I would say if we did win, it would be somewhere around, like, 24-21, something along those lines. But Michigan's defense is fantastic. They are, I think, the best in the nation. Um, just that defensive line is freakishly good. I mean, and their offense, um, Shea Patterson's pretty good. Honestly, he – He's like kind of that quarterback that they haven't had since Denard Robinson there in mm-hmm. like 2011. So it's going to be a very close game, I think so. But um, every game, the, every year with the Michigan and Ohio State rivalry, it's so like it's the ups and downs. Like I said about the game for Maryland, I feel like that's going to be a very, very stressful game we're going to watch on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a stressful game. I kind of hope it is a stressful game because it means it's close and. I'm honestly at this. I've gotten to the point now with Ohio State and the way Michigan's been playing. I just hope this game is close because Michigan's been playing really well. Um, 
just like a mini preview, like you said, Michigan's finally got a QB. Uh, if you watched that game against Michigan last year, if they had a QB last year, they probably would have beat us. I mean, they were playing great last year, and they had some wide-open guys that uh, I think John O'Corn was the starting QB for that game last year. He just kept missing some throws, and if it wasn't for that, they probably would have won, honestly. I hate to say that, but this year they're going to have that QB, and their defense is a little bit better, and we're a little bit worse. So, I mean, it's hard to think we're going to win this game, but it's still the game. It's still rivalry week. Um, I'd say throw the records out, but the records are exactly the same. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a crazy game. I think Michigan will probably win. I hate to say that, but they're just a more talented team. But like I said, it's in the shoe. It's a rivalry game. It's going to be crazy loud. I mean, they're going to be struggling to hear them, hear the signals and hear the snap count on every single play of this game. It's going to be that nutty unless they take an early lead or something. So it's going to be a crazy game, and anytime it's Ohio State-Michigan, anything can happen. And the talent isn't that wide of a gap, so definitely anything can happen. I hope Ohio State wins, and if they do win, the season's still alive, but I feel like Michigan will probably pull it out. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. And, I am I mean, like as much as a, I don't want to hear that, I, I definitely see the possibility. I mean, this Michigan team is different than what we saw, and we're a different team than we were last year. So I, mm-hmm. think, I think it's going to be very – very hard for them to hear the play calls like you said I mean this this is what these guys like JK Dobbins said this is what he left Mm -hmm. Texas for like this is the game like this is what college football is all about I mean kids come all the way from California um, New Jersey just to play in this game so it's gonna be a fun one I can't wait I can't wait to see the shoe rocking I wish I had tickets to go there but it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be a fun one yeah, I like what J.K. Dobbins said earlier, or I guess yesterday, about how, you know, this is what you come to Ohio State for. You come to win this game, and yeah, they had a slip up against Maryland last uh, Saturday, and they didn't look great, but they're going to be ready Saturday, come Saturday. They may not have as much talent as Michigan. They may be a little bit less talented. Michigan may be favored, and they may be a little bit better, but these Ohio State players, just like the Michigan players, are going to give it everything they got, so it's going to be a crazy game. And, yeah, I mean, we don't have to worry about the weather either impacting it. It's going to be 50 and sunny, I believe, Saturday. It's going to be a nice day. So it's going to be an awesome game. And I just – I can't wait for this upcoming weekend of college football. Yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's rivalry week. Let's do it. Also, the final thing I wanted to say about this was I don't want to – I hate to hedge my bets in case Michigan wins, but there is a good chance they win. And I just want to say to Ohio State fans out there, if Michigan wins, don't let their fans get all in your face and talk shit. Just because they win this one year doesn't mean that they're like you know, all of a sudden they just, all of a sudden we just forget about the last fifteen years where Ohio State has completely dominated them and went and won fourteen of the last fifteen games. Oh my gosh, that that irks me so much, especially when they bring up the ah oh, well we're still winning in the total rivalry games like the mm-hmm. record totally. I'm like, well, you guys had not did anything in the last twenty five years, so uh, there's that. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I really hope Michigan doesn't win, but if they do win this weekend, don't let the Michigan fans forget about the fact that they've been awful the last 20 years and have won only once in the last, I think, 14 years. So even if they do win this week, don't let them forget that this is just one win one year and what has been a complete utter dominance of Ohio State football over Michigan the past 20 years. Yeah, it, they just they think that they're just so mouthy mouthy Michigan fans I'll tell you what <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll jump into the rest of college football here we'll start with Cincinnati since they are a Ohio sports team as well this was a big game for them um, it was the college football game of the week game day was there it was two ranked opponents it was a UCF at home taking on Cincinnati in what was a de facto AAC AAC I believe championship game um, and UCF kind of crushed Cincinnati they kind of exposed them a little bit. I kind of thought Cincinnati wasn't as good as people thought they were, to be honest. And UCF kind of proved it. They won 38-13 to over Cincinnati. Um, still a great year for Cincinnati. They still have a chance to have a 10-win season, go 10-2 and next week. I'm pretty sure they play a pretty bad team, so they should. But, yeah, I mean, UCF is kind of the, the standard right now for po- non-Power 5 programs. And Cincinnati is just not at that level yet. And also UCF, this football team was just fired up because of all the disrespect they feel they're getting from the college football committee and just college football fans all over the country. So they were really fired up. And they also know they also knew that if they wanted any chance of getting into the college football playoff, they needed to have a blowout win like this against a ranked team. So 
it was just, you know, at home, like I said, they thought no one respected them and they knew they had to get a blowout win. Everything was in favor of UCF and Cincinnati just couldn't, couldn't keep up with them. Yeah, I've been high on UCF like for the past two years. I'm still high on them. I think that if their schedule was a little bit stronger, like, especially since they're not a Power 5 conference, mm-hmm. I think that they've talked for the past two years, this year and last year, of going to the playoffs. I mean, they, they finished undefeated last year. Um, yeah. they're, they're undefeated right now. So if they just could get that game that proves it, I mean, they kind of proved it here. I mean, they beat a top 25 team, but Cincinnati was only 24 right this last week. Um, but I think that if they could beat a team that's at verge of like eight to ten to eleven, mm-hmm. they would really show their dominance. And I, I'm still high on them. I think they have such a good team. And it, I just wish they, the the committees looked more into actual talent of the team instead of just record and who who they beat. Because I think this, if you play like this, they're going to be a dangerous team because they want to prove something to the world, like the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking. I don't think they really have any shot this year, but if somehow they go undefeated two years in a row and then they go undefeated next year, I mean, they've got to be considered next year. They play Stanford. So, I mean, that would be a chance for a really big win next season, 2019 uh, regular season schedule. Yeah, that, that would, that would help, uh, especially just the, their strength of schedule right there. Yeah. They also play FAU who's a pretty big name in the non-power five and that's an out of conference game. And then, the conference they play in themselves is pretty good with teams like Cincinnati and teams like Houston and Memphis and USF. And they also play Pitt in the other conference too, who is a power five team. That's pretty good. They're going to win the ACC coastal this, this year. So pretty good schedule coming up for them next year. Um, a lot of things would have to happen for them this year to make the playoff, but you know, maybe look out for that next year. Um, yeah. Talking about, I guess we'll do some top 25 review here of college football over the past weekend. Um, oh, this is next week. Sorry. Uh, this past weekend, though, Friday night, we had number 25, Boise State, taking down New Mexico 45 to 14. Alabama beats the Citadel 50 to 17. I don't know if you saw this game was tied 10 10 at half. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then they, yeah. they ran away with it. I saw a picture. It was like, um, one second this happens, and then the next, and it, it was a, a Citadel fans cheering and rallying, and then about five minutes later, it was not that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, still impressive though. I mean, most of the SEC teams they played this year haven't been able to hang in with them for a half. So good on the Citadel for hanging in for a half, but then they got destroyed the second half. Clemson beats Duke thirty-five to six. No surprises there. Notre Dame number three takes down Syracuse number twelve thirty-six to three. This was. What a lot of people thought was going to be a good game and a trap game for Notre Dame, and they just came out the gates and destroyed Syracuse. Yeah, um, Notre Dame is a, a legit team. I'm starting to put mm-hmm. them up there. That There's like the first two, which I believe is Clemson and um, Alabama. And then that third team, I believe, like has a solid spot in that college football playoff, in my book, is Notre Dame. I mean, they've been dominant. Everybody they've played this year. Yeah, yeah. I think there was this kind of common belief around Notre Dame, maybe six or seven games into the year, that they weren't legit. And they were just going off of an easy schedule. And their schedule still hasn't been easy, but the way they've been dominating teams the past four or five weeks and the way they've looked with Ian Book now at quarterback and instead of Brandon Winbush, they've looked really solid. And like you said, I think them – Alabama and Clemson have pretty much secured those top three spots. And every, I think there's what seven or eight teams playing for that fourth spot. Um, and talking about the fourth spot, Michigan beats Indiana a little bit closer than people would have thought. They went 31 to 20 in the big house. Um, they still won by 11 comfortable, but it was, I think late in the game, it was an eight point game, a one possession game. So good to see Michigan struggling too, like Ohio state a little bit coming into the, to the game this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, all Big Ten teams. They usually like they'll give you a run for your money. Um, every game you play. I mean, sometimes like Rutgers, I believe, is like the only team that doesn't give you a fight. Mm-hmm. But Big Ten, I mean, it's hard to play in the Big Ten. It really is. You got the cold weather. You got um, just like all the elements coming at you. I mean, you want to play in Big Ten football. Like that's where football started. It's where it's the best part. Yeah, yeah, Kansas. Scores 40 points on Oklahoma, but Oklahoma scores 55. This will be the team that if Ohio State does win out and Oklahoma wins out, those will be the two teams probably duking it out for that four spot, assuming Alabama beats Georgia. Um, So that's, you know, keep an eye on Oklahoma. They have two back-to-back tough games. They play West Virginia this upcoming weekend, 
And if they don't win that game and the Big 12 has no – then if Ohio State wins out, they're probably in. And then if Oklahoma wins that game, though, then they'll take on Texas in the Big 12 championship game. And if they win that, then I think Oklahoma will probably be in over Ohio State if Ohio State wins out. Um, LSU, number seven, they beat Rice 42-10. to 10. Washington State at eight. Um, this is another team similar to Notre Dame. I didn't know if they were legit. They beat Arizona 69-28. to 28. They were only favored to win this game by like a touchdown. They just went out and destroyed them. Um, West, West Virginia loses number nine, loses to Oklahoma State 45-41. That was a big one for Ohio State because now there was two Big 12 teams with one loss that were ahead of us, West Virginia and Oklahoma. So I was really hoping West Virginia would lose this game and then go on next week and beat Oklahoma and really help us out. Yeah, that's what we need. I mean, if that happens, we definitely control our future. Yeah, yeah. I think if Oklahoma is pretty much – well, although Washington State, like I just said, they won 69-28. to 28, I still think the Pac-12 is really weak and they'd have to put a Big Ten champ over a Pac-12 champ. But, um, yeah, I think if Oklahoma does lose one of these next two games, Ohio State's in if they went out. Um, Ohio State obviously beats Maryland 52-51. UCF beats Cincinnati 38-13. Florida wins 63-10 to 10 over Idaho. Penn State struggles a little bit against Rutgers. They won 20 to 7. Texas, number 15, beats number 16, Iowa State, 24 to 10. Kentucky beats Middle Tennessee, 34 23. Washington beats Oregon State, 42 23. Utah beats Colorado, 30 to 7. Florida State uh, wins at home, 22 21, over number 20, Boston College. Mississippi State wins 52 to 6 over Arkansas. Arkansas is really bad. They're like 2 and 9, and they're just getting blown out every week. Northwestern gets another win. Um, probably good for Ohio State fans there. You want to see them be as high-ranked as possible if Ohio State can beat Michigan and plays them. They win 24-14 to over Minnesota. And Utah State is pretty legit. They win 29-24 over Colorado State. They're 10-1, and and their only losses to Michigan State in a game they probably should have won, so they're pretty legit non-Power 5 team. Um, talking about the Big Ten, we'll go over a few Big Ten games here. Um, if I can find it. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I talked about Ohio State, Maryland, obviously, and Michigan, Penn State, Northwestern. So non-top 25 Big Ten games. Michigan State loses to Nebraska 9-6. to This was just an old-school Big Ten game. It was snowing. There was nothing but field goals, not a single touchdown this game, and Nebraska wins 9-6. to Just some old-school Big Ten football there. That man, that's what it's all about. I'm telling you what, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I watched a little bit of this game. I actually watched the highlights like an hour ago, and it was fun to watch. I mean, I don't, I don't know who these people are that like love these high scoring games. I mean, they're fun, no doubt, but I'd honestly rather watch that than watch like fifty two fifty one Ohio State over Maryland. Yeah, it's. I think it, the big thing is that fantasy football kind of has taken off. I mean, it's not college, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's such a big thing that you always watch the offensive guys. Like that's the big thing now, and like defense doesn't get as much credit in this day and age. But, I mean, defense wins football games. It's really true. Like, you have to stop the other team from scoring to win. So Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Iowa beats Illinois 63-0. to zero. Um, Oh, Illinois is so bad. <laughs> the funny part is Illinois has been better this year. Um, obviously, Iowa's probably going to beat them, but I was really surprised to see 63-0. But, man, yeah, they just killed them. And then what was an amazing game, probably the game of the week, uh, either that or the Ohio State game, Wisconsin beats Purdue 47 to 44 in triple overtime. Yeah, that that was crazy. I saw the highlights for that one and that kind of man, I don't know what to think of it because I mean we we got kind of smoked by Purdue, mm-hmm. but I feel like we could beat Wisconsin. So that's it's a very sketchy thing right now for me. Yeah, <laughs> being a Buckeye fan. Yeah, college football is crazy. I mean, obviously we lost to Purdue and they're 5 and 6 and that's bad, but Purdue is like could so easily be 10 and 1 right now. Like, you know what I mean? That's just college football. I don't think just because they're five and six, they're some awful team. They're still a great team. They just had a lot of close losses. And I mean, losing to Wisconsin is never a bad thing in triple overtime, too. So, yeah, that'll do it for college football. Uh, I guess the final two points was Pitt wraps up the ACC Coastal. So they'll be taking on Clemson. Utah wraps up the Pac 12 South. So they'll be taking on either Washington or Washington State. They play this weekend. Uh, whoever wins that will take on Utah in the Pac 12 championship game. So if you're a Ohio State fan, you'll be rooting on Washington in that game, hoping Washington State gets knocked out of the college football playoff running in that game. Um, now on to Ohio State basketball. They beat Creighton, uh, I think it was Thursday night. Did you get to watch any of that? 
Um, I did not get to watch anything. I did see the highlights. Um, we look good. I mean, this team shoots the three ball very well, like better than I thought they would, would coming into the year. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, I'm excited for this team. They're they're very scrappy. Play with a lot of heart. Um, kind of reminds me, like I think I said last time we did our podcast. Kind of reminds me of those, John, like John Diebler, uh, Evan Turner team. Yeah. With uh, Aaron Kraft, play with bunch of Aaron Crafts playing out on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I continue to talk about it every single podcast I come on here and on my other podcasts. I just love this basketball team. This basketball team is kind of represents everything this football team isn't. You know what I mean? They don't have a ton of talent and the football team does have a ton of talent, but this basketball team plays with all the heart and all the effort and every bit of ounce of heart and effort they got. And the football team doesn't in a way, but yeah. So I love this basketball team. I love all the heart they give. I love how many, like, good players there are. There's, like, there's not really any, like, breakout players that are way better than anyone else. Uh, Caleb Weston's maybe the only one who stands out a little bit. But, yeah, like, Keyshawn Woods in this game against Creighton, he scored 19 points, was by far the leading scorer. And then yesterday when they played South Carolina State, he didn't have a single point. So that's kind of another thing I love about this team. You just – if you got, like, nine or ten players that can be really productive on one night, and then the next, you know, someone else will step up and be the productive player. But talking about this Creighton game um, – yeah, Creighton's a good basketball program. They obviously beat Cincinnati already, so they've already got two good wins on their schedule. Um, two big resume-building wins in terms of wanting to make the uh, college football tournament, uh, college basketball tournament. So I think they're looking really good in terms of that. This game against Creighton, like I said, Keyshawn Woods had 19 points. He was just chucking up the three ball, looked great. Du- uh, Dwayne Washington, he had 12 points. He's got a smooth stroke. He looked really good. Um, overall, they played great defense, and they looked great. And then they ended up playing South Carolina State yesterday. They won 89-61. to 61. I don't know if you any, watched any of this. I actually went to this game yesterday. Um, it was Yeah, I actually did catch a little bit of this game. And from the break, like from the start of the game, the Buckeyes just dominated. I mean, they could not keep up with us. It was it, – and it's really satisfying to see. I mean, we nobody expected South Carolina State to beat Ohio State this game. But, I mean, it's just good to see all the – like, I'm looking at stat line night now. We got – we're shooting 40% from three about, and then you got 18, 11, 7, 12, 5, 12, 5, 12 6, 14. Like, that's a good amount of points distributed among their, your guys' team. So, like, and these – everybody's playing. It Literally everybody on the roster played at least a minute. So, I mean, that's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool to see Joey Lane get in there. Obviously, everyone loves him. He got four minutes. That was funny. But, uh, yeah, the team played really well yesterday. I went, um, had pretty good seats. It was a lot of fun. They looked really good. And like you said, they kind of just took an early 20-point lead within the first five minutes or so of the game, and they just never looked back. Um, obviously, South Carolina State's not good, and you expect to beat this team, but it's good to just see us beating teams we should beat. Uh, the final point I really had was that, I don't know if you know about this, but Big Ten basketball is not expected to be that good this year. I think the only ranked team at the start of the season was Michigan State at 10. And now all of a sudden, I think they have like five or six ranked teams. They're playing really well. And Big Ten basketball looks like it's going to be pretty solid this year. Yeah, I, I saw that three vaulted into 25, including our Buckeyes. Yeah. And um, we're sitting at 23, and we, we don't have any – We our big, next big game that we have is against Syracuse on the 28th, which is going to be a really fun one, I think. Um, but they play Cleveland State and Samford in between then. So those those will be games to look to. Uh, Samford is 5-0 and coming in. I don't know who they've played. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, but the matchup predictor right now is saying that there's a 96% chance the Buckeyes win. So definitely might not be the talent there, but like we don't have the talent either, so we just got to play with heart. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I pulled up the AP here. Michigan's all the way up to ninth. Um, so right now they're the highest ranked team in basketball and football. Hate to see that, but good on them. They be they blew out Villanova, the defending national champions. Although Villanova ended up losing to Furman like two nights later, so who knows how good uh, Villanova actually is. But they're at nine. Michigan State is at 11. Um, Iowa is at 20. They, I think, won won whatever tournament they were in. Purdue won whatever tournament they were in as well, I think. Ohio State's at 23. Purdue's at 24. Wisconsin's at 25. So you got three Big Ten teams right there at the end of the top 25. And then if you look at the other receiving votes, so basically 26, 27, and 28 – you got Nebraska, Indiana, and Maryland. So from 23 to 28, you've got six Big Ten teams. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, Big Ten basketball is – it's like 
especially in like the prime of like Indiana teams like that. Like it's mm-hmm. Big Ten. Big Ten is great at basketball and football, and like I want to see them as many Big Ten teams in the top twenty-five for both of the sports as possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll jump into the NFL here. Start with the Bengals versus the Ravens. I actually got to watch some highlights of this game right before we got on this podcast. Have you seen any of this game? I actually watched it um, mm-hmm. after I got home from church on Sunday. It was a it was a really, really good game. Honestly, Lamar Jackson looks good for his first start. He had a he he brought a a thing to that offense that they do not have with Joe Flacco, and it's running the football with the quarterback. Yeah, and he he ran. A- Read option um, with Alex Collins there, and he looked good as well. Um, but they just played a great overall game. I think this Bengals defense is just kind of tired um, because their offense right now without AJ Green cannot keep up scoring the ball, football with these teams. Yeah, yeah, I really like what I saw from the Ravens. Um, I'm not positive if what Lamar Jackson was doing was exactly durable, or if it's something that could last over the course of a whole season if he starts at the beginning of a season. And I'm not sure how long he could last as a QB if he does do that his whole career. But I did like what I saw. He was crazy elusive. I was watching those highlights, and like I didn't necessarily know if he could do that in the NFL. And obviously he's playing the worst defense in the league right now, the Bengals. But still, he looked crazy elusive. Like I mean, he just has people – it looks like he's wrapped up and he just finds a way to get out of it. He's a lot of fun to watch too. Let's definitely sell some tickets. But, yeah, he had a good game. Um, the offense really played to his strengths. They make sure he didn't have to throw it downfield that far. A lot of dump, dump down passes. He went 13 for 19 for 150 yards. Zero touchdowns, one interception. But really the stat line was he ran the ball. I think he had 130 rushing yards, uh, 117 rushing yards on 27 carries. He had 10 more carries than the running back with the most carries, which is just crazy to see. So, yeah, he ran the ball a lot. I don't know how durable – how. I'm trying to think of what the word. I guess durable is a fine word. I don't know how sustainable that is. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think that we've kind of seen that it is not sustainable mm-hmm. in the NFL. Like RG three was this type of player when he came out his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just these NFL safeties and linebackers and defensive linemen are just so big and strong that you don't want to take hits from them every play. Like he needs to. He did not slide a lot, I saw. Um, he needs to figure out how to slide because he didn't have to do that in college. He needs to get down when he's able to um, or go out of bounds. He just – I mean, he liked to try to get in, get as many yards as he possibly could, but sometimes it's just better to take two yards less if you're going to still have the first down kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of those plays yesterday that you're talking about. I think it was third and one. and He probably ran for like 25 yards on the play, and he could have easily – slid after getting like 15 yards on a third and one so yeah i know what you're talking about he took a hit after like 25 yards mm-hmm. yeah but i mean and back to this i think the Bengals defense why he just kind of torched them is their run defense is not good this year i thought it was going to be better but it's not mm-hmm. um so they are pretty bad in that front so i'm looking forward to a nick Chubb and duke johnson next week trying to i want them to shred that defense apart as much as we can I'm you know I'm a big Browns fan more than Bengals I mean so if we're gonna have to pick in the Ohio battle I'm definitely going with my brownies yeah yeah I'm excited for that that uh game next weekend actually have that on the docket here for the podcast so we will get into that but overall Lamar Jackson he looked good um I think what he did was good and I think he can be a good player if he's healthy the question is like I said can he be healthy though I think that's the bigger question. I think he definitely has the opportunity to be a really good QB. But, yeah, like I said, he's got to stay healthy. I think if he's running the ball 27 times a game as well as taking sacks two occasionally, it's like 30 hits or so a game. I don't think that's sustainable, especially for how small he is. It's not like he's a big guy. It's not like he's a big Ben or something. He's a smaller guy. Um, I don't think that's sustainable. Um, but maybe, you know, they'll just accept that that's just who he is. And we might only be – he might only be our franchise QB for like five or six years. So we'll just do our best to get as much as we can out of him in the five or six years that we'll have him. Yeah, maybe maybe they uh, kind of turn that offense into something where they use him and use that his legs as much as they possibly can for him. So that I think that would be cool if they could do that. I mean, integrate that college um, offense into the NFL a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so moving on now, we'll do – actually, this is a little bullet point I put in there. Both teams, the Browns, needed to lose 
did lose. Um, no hiding the fact that this is a big Browns, po- Cleveland and Columbus sports podcast. Um, we do our best to throw Cincinnati in there, Ohio versus the world. And overall, it's just a big Ohio State podcast. That's the main one. But we love our Brownies and talk about the Browns, both the teams they needed to lose in terms of the wild card. Yes, we're still dreaming. Um, did lose. That is the Bengals who we just talked about. They lost to the Ravens and the Titans got blown out against the Colts. Um, so now the wild card leader, the second wild card spot is at five and five. The Browns are at three, six and one. So only a game and a half out of that was still seven games left in the season. Or yeah, six. so if, if we can beat the Bengals, this Bengals team next week, mm-hmm. um, I don't think we're going to beat the Panthers as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we can beat, I think we have a chance beating the Broncos, the Bengals again, and the Ravens. So the only two games I'm hesitant about is the Panthers. But I mean, the Panthers did beat lose to the Lions this week, so that's kind of a head scratcher. I thought, yeah, maybe they're just kind of down from losing against the Steelers that bad. But, I mean, if we could win four out of six, five out of six, I think we have an actual chance of taking that second wild card in um, the AFC. So. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. There's a lot of teams sitting at five and five, so this week we'll have to root against a lot of teams. Let me pull it up here. Um, the division leaders are the Chiefs at nine and one in the AFC West, the Steelers seven, two, and one in the AFC North where the Browns play, and the Bengals, the Patriots at seven, three in the AFC East, the Texans at seven, three in the AFC South. And then the Chargers are pretty much wrapped up that wild card spot. They're seven and three. They're either going to win their division or probably take the first wild card spot, or at the worst, the second. So I would put the Chargers in there in the playoffs. And then you have pretty much one, two, three, four, five, uh, six. I would say seven teams duking it out for that second wild card spot. Um, you've got the Ravens, who are technically right now sitting in the wild card spot with a ton of tiebreakers in this at um, in the second wild card spot at five and five. And then you have four other teams at five and five. You have the Dolphins at five and five, the Bengals at five and five. The Colts now are at five and five after I think maybe four straight wins. And the Titans um, are at five and five. And then you've got the Broncos at four and six and the Browns at three, six and one. I think with that tie that the Browns have and that tiebreaker they have over any team with the same amount of wins as them, I think that keeps them in the playoff race just barely. I'd say the Jaguars at three and seven and the Bills at three and seven, the Jets at three and seven and the Raiders at two and eight are all out of it. So I'd say the Browns and up are still looking uh, try to get that second wild card spot. Yeah, um, this team controls its destiny, and we showed that we can be a team, like beat anyone last week. I know the Falcons lost again this week, but the Falcons' offense to me is just ridiculous. They have so many weapons on that off that side of the football. So to us to hold Matt Ryan to only sixteen points, which the last touchdown was kind of at the end of the game, so it wasn't mm-hmm. didn't count. So to hold them to say like ten points, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you with the fact that this team can win, I think. Obviously, they could lose all these games, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I'd say all the games are winnable, and five out of the six are very winnable. Like you said, there's that Panthers game. That's going to be tough. It is at home, though, and it's going to be, you know, Carolina's kind of south, and it'll be cold that day. And who knows how much motivation they'll have to come up there and give it everything they've got to win. But, but yeah, five out of these six games are very winnable. I think we're going to beat the Bengals twice. I'm just going to say it now. I mean, I think the Bengals are going to collapse starting like what with with what we saw Sunday, yesterday, and from here on forward. I think they're just going to collapse. I think if the Bengal, if the Ravens continue to play with Lamar Jackson, yeah, he won this game. I don't think that's going to work super well. I've never been a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I think we can beat them. Uh, The Broncos, although it's in Denver, in Mile High, that's going to be a tough game. But I think it's a 50-50 kind of game. And then uh, what's the other one? The Texans is actually – that's looking to be really tough now too. So might try to win all those four out of six games where I feel like the Browns have a really good chance of winning and then sneak one of those two against the Texans and the Panthers. Yeah, so I'm – like as a Brand, uh, Browns fan, I'm always optimistic every year. Mm-hmm. So this year I, I think we – if we could have just won that Raiders game and that Saints game, we would be in such a better spot right now. Yeah. Um, so – but right now I'm still feeling good about this team. We have such a young – football team it's it's crazy to me and we have young people in all the like spots that you don't want to have young people but they're playing not like rookies which is so great to me yeah yeah they could have easily won that saints game uh they should have won that raiders game that was one that was stolen away from they didn't actually blow that game and then uh the buccaneers game they could have easily won that game so even if just one of those to go their way just out of the three just one they're only half a game out of the wild card spot right now so Obviously, that's disheartening a little bit, but they're still there, and we're still going to hold hope until 
they lose this Sunday somehow because <laughs> they'll find a way, and then that's when all hope is lost, um, most likely. Uh, I th- I think we will go in and into Cincinnati because there's going to be just as many Browns fans as there is. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, the, the Bengals fan base down there is not as big as what you think. It's a lot more Browns and Steelers fans than it is Bengals fans. Yeah, yeah, Bengals or not Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati is more of a baseball slash soccer town. Uh, they have great fans for FC Cincinnati, and they have great fans for. Uh, the Reds, probably the best fans in all of baseball. So, yeah, it's more of a that than, than football town. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. All right, so moving – actually, we've got to get throw some of the rest of the scores here in the NFL. If at any point you want to stop me and talk about any of these games, you can. Um, like I said earlier, the Colts blew out the Titans 38-10. to On Thursday night football, the Seahawks beat the Packers 27-24. to The Giants beat the Bucks 38-35. to The Steelers beat the Jaguars 20-16 to come back win. The Lions, like you said, they beat the Panthers 20-19. I know the Panthers went for two at the end of the game to win it. They did not get it. Um, the Cowboys beat the Falcons 22-19. to Just like that, the Cowboys are back in it for their division, especially with Alex Smith going out with a broken leg. That was gruesome. The Ravens beat the Bengals, like we talked about, 24-21. Uh, the Texans beat the Redskins 23-21. to They've won seven straight. Like I said, Alex Smith breaks his leg. Um, I'd say their you know playoff hopes are pretty much done with that one. Although Colt McCoy did look good filling in for him, the Raiders beat the Cardinals twenty three to twenty one. Actually, yeah, the Raiders win. That's pretty surprising. Although it is against yeah. the Cardinals, uh, the Broncos actually beat the Chargers twenty three to twenty two in uh, L A. So good win for them. The Saints blow out the Eagles forty eight to seven. The Bears beat the Vikings twenty five twenty. And tonight we have probably the NFL game of the year and the Chiefs versus the Rams. But any takeaways from those NFL scores I just read off? Um, I thought a big one was uh, – actually, I'm going to go with t- the one that's tonight. I think that this is going to kind of show who is – I think the Saints dominating the Eagles, they're kind of the first for sure, especially mm-hmm. the Rams. But this will definitely, like, show who's second mm-hmm. results in the power rankings. Uh, yeah. So I'm, both of these teams are – they're crazy good, so I'm excited for that. I'll watch the whole game tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, there's a lot of NF. Most years in the NFL is like maybe ten teams or so that are all really good and could all win it. It just feels like there's almost like kind of like in college football. There's like a wide gap between like the best teams and the teams after that. Like the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Saints are just so much better, at least talent wise, than the rest of the league. Obviously, you can never count the Patriots out with Bill Belichick, but the Chiefs, Rams, and Saints, like you said. They are just so much more talented than every other team in the NFL. Yeah, it it's just you got those three teams, and then there's just a ton of average teams to me. And then there's like three or four bad, bad teams, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on to the Cavs. Tank for Zion is on because from everything I'm seeing, whatever we end up is what we get for our draft pick, I think. So Okay. So I, I think we get the lottery pick just because, I mean – I've seen articles written about how high, or like I've seen articles written, you know, on big sites about how the Cavs should tank for Zion. So I'd assume those people writing those articles know what they're talking about for sites like ESPN and such like that. So I'd yeah. assume that, you know, if the Cavs do get the first pick, then they do get, you know, Zion Williamson or RJ Barrett. So mm-hmm. I guess continue to tank, talk about tanking. They lost their last two games and they were both pretty ugly. Or actually, no, they beat the Hornets. I, I kind of misread that one on yeah. my notes. Yeah, that was kind of a surprise one, actually. I mean, they kind of – they dominated the Hornets. Um, mm-hmm. at home, they wore their new jerseys for the first time. I don't yeah. know how you feel about them, but I really enjoy them, actually. Um, I, I love the orange and blue Cavs. I've always liked that. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah, they, I mean, they are still very, very – I'm not going to say horrible. It's just they don't know what to do without a star player right now. They don't yeah. have Kevin Love. Obviously, they don't have LeBron anymore, so – it's just – it's very hard for them to find that go-to guy. But right now, I think Colin Sexton is actually kind of stepping into that role, which I'm excited about. Like, we need that point guard to be that guy. So, Yeah, I think Colin Sexton is an important piece when you're talking about tanking for Zion because if Colin Sexton continues to play like he has the last two or three games, ever since he got called out, actually, which shows how much of a gamer he is, um, ever since he got called out, he's been playing great. And if we've got him playing great next season, and then we get someone like a Zion Williamson or an RJ Barrett or even someone, you know, a three or four that's really good coming in, and you get Kevin Love 
is back and healthy and he stays with the Cavs and he's playing well, this could be a pretty solid basketball team next year. Yeah, for sure. I think – and a big thing I want to keep is Rodney Hood. I think we need to lock him down as well. Mm-hmm. He did not show it last year. He did not get the touches that he needed. He's an off-ball player, so he's going to he's gonna come off screens and get the um, – Get those hot, like, um, mid-range to, uh, Jays. Like, that's what his game is all about. So, they we didn't play with him the way we needed to last year, and that's why I thought he didn't thrive in our offense. But especially, like, that one game in the finals where he kind of went off and everybody's like, why did, haven't we did this all year? It's because we're actually playing to that guy's strengths now, not mm-hmm. his weaknesses. So. Yeah. yeah, he's playing well, and Jordan Clarkson has been playing well all season, so. Yeah, I think this is a team that has the potential to be really good next year with a healthy Kevin Love, which you never know if you're going to get that or you never know if we're even going to trade him. I kind of hope we don't because of the fact that we could have him and Zion and Colin Sexton and Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson and players like that next year. I think that could be a you know a four or five seed in the East. But, yeah, I think they have the chance to be solid next year. But Tuesday night, six days ago, they beat the Hornets 113-89 to in the queue. And then Wednesday night, they lost to the – Wizards 119 to 95. Actually had five days off, probably the longest break of the season. And now they play tonight. They play in 30 minutes in Detroit against the Pistons. Um, we probably don't have a ton of time to talk about any of that. So I want to talk a little bit, a good five, 10 minutes about the fact that LeBron returns to the queue two nights from now. And he is taking on the Cavs Lakers versus Cavs in the queue. LeBron returns. What are you feeling for that? If any Cavs fan, in the mm-hmm. state of Ohio, even mm-hmm. lose this man once, I am <laughs> going to live it. I mean, this man took us to the final four straight years. First time in Cleveland sports history that's ever happened. And mm-hmm. it's the first time there's been a rematch four straight times in any pro sports. Yeah. Like four straight years. So, I mean, he, he did everything he possibly could in four years that you can for an organization. I am, I am, I was not bad personally the first time LeBron left because no, they would not build around him we, we got a we trade traded for a bunch of has-beens to be completely honest in my opinion like Wally Zerbiak and Delonte West like we did not try to get a superstar to pair with him mm-hmm. so I mean I was more sad because I was like a young kid at that time when he did leave so but that's all behind us I mean look at what he did for this city he brought us our first title in 52 years like you cannot boo this man i mean but yeah i mean honestly i think the cat lebron's gonna probably drop 50 on us and it'll be very bittersweet because we love lebron but we hate how bad we suck without him so yeah yeah i'm completely with you um in terms of the off the court stuff i really hope no one boos boos lebron obviously there'll be a few people there always is but you probably won't even be able to hear it because I think it will be overshadowed and overheard just by a smattering of claps and cheers and just praise leaped upon this man. Um, yeah, of course, you wanted to see him stay this offseason. You wanted to see him be on this team right now, and you'd love to see him in a Cavs jersey. And, of course, you would have loved to see them win more than one championship in the 10 years he was here. But at the end of the day, he never even had to play at a team like the Cavs in the first place. You're just lucky that he was that a man with his talent and raw physical ability was born in Akron, Ohio, close to Cleveland, and grew up a Cavs fan, and that's the reason he wanted to play there. We're just lucky that, by God, that happened. And at the end of the day, he delivered us our first championship since I think like 1946 or something. I guess when the Browns won in the 50s, um, even though that's not a relevant title anymore since the Super Bowl exists. But yeah, I mean, he delivered us our first championship, like you said, in 50 some years. And, I mean, just for that alone, he has to be praised. I definitely wish we would have won more under him. I think we had the ability to, but that's not really his fault, like you said. That's more the management's fault. When he was here his first stint, I mean, it was just awful. Like you said, players like Talante West, although I love Booby Gibson, um, he's not a star by any means, and Zogranis or Gauskis or however you say his name, and (laughs) all those players. And then his second stint here, he did have some better players, and that's why he won a championship. But it was over – Unfortunately, it was against, you know, probably one of the best um, dynasties of all time, the Golden State Warriors. So a little bit unfortunate he didn't win more more than one title, but he still won one title, brought the first championship to the land in over 50 years. And that's good enough for me. And they did. He did it. They did it in such a great fashion. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously don't want to be down 3-1, but to come back from that deficit against that team that was the best regular season team in NBA history, like it was just so 
that that whole playoff run was just so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and then in terms of the actual game itself, like you said, I don't know what I expect to see from the game because obviously both teams will play with a lot of heart. LeBron will be playing with a lot of heart playing in Cleveland, and the Cavs going against LeBron, you'd assume they're going to be playing with a ton of heart. Uh, maybe want to prove something, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it's still much talented, more talented team, and LeBron will be playing hard. He just scored 50 last night, I believe. So he's going to be playing hard to go and get this win in Cleveland. And I would assume the Lakers probably blow out the Cavs. Yep, I agree. I, I would say it could even be up to into the thirty uh, by thirty. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So that'd be fun to watch, and it'll be interesting if LeBron ends up having a really good game and he's dropping like fifty, sixty points. If the fans are cheering when he's scoring or not. Yeah, I, I, that is kind of uh, a good question. I wonder how they would take that. Um, obviously, yeah. I, I am still. I think I hope he does as much as he can in LA. So I'm. But against my Cavs, I don't know if I wanted to do that, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it might just be one of those cases where, like, the Lakers are up 30 anyways and the game's over and LeBron, like, hits the shot that gets him to 50 points and people cheer, you know what I mean? And Maybe even yeah. chant MVP or something, but, yeah. Um, it would be interesting to look out for something like that. Yeah, so the Cavs, um, one and one since my last podcast, and now they play the Pistons tonight in about 30 minutes. And then at home in the queue, LeBron's return to the land, to Cleveland at the queue. I'm assuming this will be on ESPN. I don't know, but I'm just assuming. Yeah, I, I believe it is. Yeah, and I guess I forget that I'm only doing one podcast, at least a weekly review once a week. So they also play the 76ers Friday in Philadelphia, and then Saturday they play the Rockets in the in the queue. So four games before the next time I talk about the Cavs, most likely. So we'll get into those next time. Um, keeping it with some smaller teams in Ohio, the Blue Jackets. Uh, they looked really good. They've looked solid. They beat the Caps. I talked about that a few like a week and a half ago. That's the defending Stanley Cup champions. Then they've got a one point against the Rangers, and now they've been three and zero since my last podcast. They beat the Stars two to one last Monday night after our podcast we recorded. Then they beat the Panthers seven to three. That was without their two best players, Artemi Panarin and Bob. They were both sick. A lot of sickness going around right now in the uh, in for the Blue Jackets. They have a lot of sick players. Kind of a cold going around the locker room. And then Saturday night they beat the Hurricanes four one. So they've won three straight, and they're all actually leading the division right now by four points, which is a pretty wide margin. That's a whole two game margin. Playing in the Metropolitan Division, which is by far the uh, hardest division in hockey. You've got the Capitals, who are the defending champions of uh, the Stanley Cup, and then you have the Penguins, who are always great and. Uh, the Penguins are actually in last in the division right now, which is crazy. I just realized that. They have 17 points, and the Blue Jackets have 26. So they already have a nine-point lead over the Penguins. So that's pretty fun. That's their big rival, um, at least for the Blue Jackets. So that's cool to see. And they're leading the division by four points. Behind them is the New York Islanders with 22, and the New York Rangers have 22 as well. So a tough division. And even though there's been some struggles at times with this team, one-fourth already, 20 games in, one-fourth through the season already, and they're leading the division. So that's good to see. Yeah, for sure. The Jackets are um, being surprisingly uh, better than what we probably thought they were going to be this year. Yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about all the struggles around Artemi Panarin and all that going on. But Brabowski, their two best players, being in contract disputes. And this is the last year of the contract. How will the locker room, you know, react to that and everything? And they've done great. So they're leading the division and they're leading it by two games as well. And they're one-fourth of the season in already. So anything else you want to add to the podcast before we go? No, I thought we covered a lot of great things. Uh, just looking forward to this, this Ohio State Michigan game. That's like what I'm, what I'm so happy. Ready to? I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. So looking ahead to the weekend, the week ahead in just general, I might make a podcast later, like I've talked about a few times. Um, maybe try to have a, a special guest on, or maybe just Steve, and we'll talk about the game as well as a, a few other big games. But we've got. Um, tonight we've got the Cavs, I believe. And then tomorrow we've got the college football rankings come out. I actually want to talk about that in a second. Um, Wednesday we'll have LeBron's return to the land. Thursday we'll have all the NFL games for Thanksgiving, which will be fun. And we'll also have, I think, Ole Miss plays Mississippi, which is a big rivalry. Then Friday you've got a lot of good games, Oklahoma, West Virginia, um, Washington, Washington State. Both of those games are big if you're Ohio State fans. You want to root for Washington. You want to root for West Virginia. Um, Ohio State actually plays in St. John's Arena Friday. I forgot to talk about that. Um, 
or not St. John's. What's is St. John's the one that they don't play in? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah St. Yeah. John's. Thank yeah, they play. Yeah, yeah. Friday they play St. John's against Cleveland State, and they're wearing alternate uniforms, and I'm actually really excited for that. St. John's is a great atmosphere. It's a much better homey feeling, and they haven't played there since 2010, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime they get to go play, because it's a smaller stadium, but it's going to be a lot louder. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the thing. 17,000. They build it because it makes a lot of money, and it's an event arena. You can have a lot of concerts there, but 17,000. Although Ohio State's a, bas- a good basketball school, and they always have a pretty good program. Maybe not seventeen thousand people a night kind of program. Um, so the twelve thousand that the St. John's Arena holds is a lot better, and it also just has better echoes in it and amplifies better. So it has a lot of more sound and a better student section, a better feel to it. They're going to be wearing some old school uniforms, so I'm really excited for it. And they play a pretty good team too, Cleveland State. Um, maybe not a they're a pretty solid basketball program. They're known for basketball instead of football and. They're not bad, so that'll be a fun game Friday night. And that's at eight to ten, right across the arena from the shoe. And then fourteen hours after that game ends, the game will be happening on Saturday. Um, that's exciting. And then Sunday we've got the Browns versus the Bengals, so it's a really big week ahead. There'll be some Blue Jackets games and Cavs games stuffed in there too. So a lot going on this week. I will be nonstop watching stuff, um, especially since school will be out with Thanksgiving uh, break. So it'll just be a lot of sports and family and fun this uh, upcoming week. Yeah, for sure, and like always, OH. I.O., uh, one thing I wanted to talk about actually real quick was how do you feel about those college football rankings tomorrow? Do you think Ohio State will move up? Because West Virginia at 9 lost, but UCF at 11 looked really good. Do you think they might just stay at 10, or do you think they'll go to 9? Um, if if we go up, I think it only could be by 1. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think UCF would probably jump to 10. Uh, just up one as well. So I don't think that there'll be much difference going on this week from last week. But uh, especially if um, we beat Michigan, that next college football playoff will definitely look a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the thing to look out for if we do beat Michigan. Do we jump ahead of teams like Washington State and Oklahoma and Georgia and stuff like that? But I think it'll be interesting tomorrow night to look out for if UCF jumps us because if they do, that shows a lot of how the college football playoff committee feels about Ohio State and Maybe a little bit of disrespect towards Ohio State, but I actually won't be surprised. I'm I'm actually predicting that UCF will jump ahead of Ohio State, and Ohio State will just stay at ten, and UCF will go all the way up to nine. So we'll see. Yeah, that, that's a possibility too. I can see that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so that'll do it for Ohio versus the world. Oh, well, I'm trying to end it, but. <laughs>